Hello, my name is JD Henning, and you're listening to Cheat the Camera, a podcast about short films and those who make them. Today, I'm with Calder Levine about uh, talking about Firecracker. Go ahead and introduce yourself and give the audience a short introduction to your project. Hey, thanks, JD. Uh, so my name is Calder Levine. I'm an actor producer from Montreal, Canada. Um, been writing for a couple of years and this is my first big short film uh, firecracker which was co-produced with sarah suvalli another actor producer here in montreal uh, firecracker is the story between a sister and a brother with a troubled relationship due to the brother's um, impulsivity issues he's he's had a hard time uh, managing he hasn't had a lot of support and uh, she's been there the whole time for him but it just gets harder and harder and harder yeah yeah and it's a great little project uh calder sent this to me as a script and just reading the words on the page it was obvious that um there was a lot going on uh the tension just is kind of constantly increasing and my in uh am i correct in understanding that you recently shot this project we did, yes. So we shot it at the end of September 2021. Excellent. That's really cool. So, and it's in the can now, waiting, wait, uh, waiting to undergo that edit. Yeah, we have our first rough cut done, which is awesome. Uh, just waiting for the, you know, the finessing to be done and moving into sound and music and all that stuff. Absolutely, that makes sense. So, uh, talk me through a little bit about um, sort of the context for this project. Was this part of a workshop or something that uh, you and your co-writer decided just to do uh, for uh, on a whim? Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, Sarah Sue approached me uh, in the summer of 2019. So we're going way back here. And <laughs> she had an idea for this project. And she wasn't at this time writing so much. I think she had produced something, but she was mostly acting. And um, when we met, I told her that I was just just getting into writing. And so she kind of pitched her idea. I was like, I think I could work on that with you. So over the next few months, we were writing and we came to a version of the script that was twice as long and very, very extravagant. Um, there was <laughs> uh, there was a boat chase. There was gunshots. There was a boat chase? Oh, yes, yes, yes. It was <laughs> way over the top. It was 25 pages. Um, so when we took it to a producer, because at first we kind of thought, let's let's see if someone can help us manage, um, you know, manage making this thing happen. Uh, mm -hmm. We were both kind of new to producing, so we didn't want to trust ourselves with this beautiful or, or so we thought script that we had worked on. Uh -huh. So we took it to a producer and he was like, this is okay, um, but it's going to cost you $40,000. <laughs> oh, man, that's not what we want to spend. And also, like, you know, we started to realize that maybe all the action stuff wasn't feeding the story between the two people. You know, right. we knew there was this brother character, and we knew this was the sister character, which is based on uh, the true relationship between Sarah and and her brother that, uh, uh -huh. you know, they're they're working on. Um, and so for, for me too, not having that intense personal connection to the story, I kind of felt like I, I really had to respect this work, right. you know, in the sense that, that I'm trying to make her vision happen, mm -hmm. uh, 
emotionally respecting, you know, what what they've been through together, and and also just trying to honor the story that I'm writing through my own experience, knowing these people, right? Like I think we all know someone, or maybe in high school we know them, or you know, and trying to. Um, you know, love that character and really trying to get in their bones and and make them a human being. Because I think that's one thing we wanted in the script is for uh, Felix, the brother, to to be human. And and um, yeah, we I think we want to root for him on some level. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and that is something that I think the the script did a really good job of is that both Felix and Willow, the brother and the sister you kind of feel for both of them, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, so the the setup here is that Felix, like you were saying, has probably some mental health issues in his background or perhaps some substance abuse issues. And so he's uh, he's the firecracker of, uh, of the title of this project. He's the one who's really unpredictable and you don't know what he's going to do. And it could have easily, I think, perhaps in the hands of somebody less experienced or somebody who who was less interested in having a human character it could have easily been uh, sort of the the unpredictable monster you know sort of a thing mm-hmm. where where there's mm-hmm. there's no humanizing influence we don't we don't feel for him at all and i think that would have been really kind of a huge mistake but felix has his own wants and desires as it goes into these uh, these nine pages and he he wants to do something and you kind of feel bad for him at the very same time that you understand why Willow uh, is so concerned and uh, afraid of what he's gonna do uh, it's it's both of their story it's not just it's not just one character doing something and the other character responding it it is uh, a very uh, humane portrait of of both of their perspectives so i i want to congratulate you on that that definitely came through oh thank you that's great yeah i mean um i think they're characters that both grow right Uh, those are the characters that i think we want to see especially in a short film right we have Mm -hmm. such such little time to convey story and character that we need to do it right um but i will say you know uh we, we had to go through the mistake of writing felix in a way that was inhumane, or at least I did kind of as the um, lead writer on this, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and in earlier iterations of it, you know, he, he was a monster. He was horrible. Mm-hmm. He, we, we didn't have a lot of sympathy for him. Mm-hmm. And it was through, actually, we, we ended up doing a uh, reading workshop uh, in this summer, uh, July, 2021. And we had, a group of actors come in and read the characters. I had a chance to just sit back and watch. Okay. Uh, and so did Sarah. And uh, we had some other people, um, my uh, my cousin, who is um, a novelist and, and some other uh, of our trusted friends and the, and the director. And we just heard the story out loud. Um, and it was really telling that, that there was something not quite working with with their connection because there wasn't really love hmm. in that. And that sounds so cheesy. It sounds hmm. so cheesy, but, but we need that, right? Uh, the story for me doesn't work unless we know how much they really love each other and how much their relationship mm-hmm. means to each other. Hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. You know, it reminds me of advice that I've heard 
um, sometimes actors will use when they're going in for an audition where if you don't know what to do with the scene, make it into a love story. Uh, make it into Ooh, a, yeah. uh, a scene of seduction or a scene of betrayal, but, but grounded in, some, in, an, in a romantic setting or a love, a love sort of bedrock because that will kind of automatically increase the stakes and automatically make more activity uh, for you and your counterpart. So that makes a lot of sense. And you can, you can see that. I mean, uh, not to give too many spoilers away, uh, this isn't exactly one of uh, a spoiler-heavy sort of project, but, mm -hmm. you know, throughout the whole project, one of sort of the, uh, the ticking clocks or the, the plot elements that we're wondering about is Felix has brought a gift for his niece, who's, you know, a newborn or an infant on some level. So mm -hmm. he, and we're wondering the whole time, well, what, what is this? What is he, what has he brought? Because he's so unpredictable and you don't know what he's going to do. Has he brought something that is thoughtful or has he brought something that is completely inappropriate? Uh, mm -hmm. and, and that's really kind of one of, quite a few ways that you are you are increasing the tension as you go on. Felix is constantly zigging when we expect him to zag. And I, I think that's that's why when I was reading it, I was kind of leaning into and leaning forward for the screenplay because I was wondering what's gonna happen next. I really honestly didn't know if this was going to to veer into some sort of horrific uh, family, you know, domestic violence sort of situation, or mm -hmm. if it was going to resolve really nicely. it I don't know. I, I kind of was in that frame of mind after I read a page or two, but I started to wonder about the relationship between Willow and her off-screen partner, who mm -hmm. uh, we hear mentioned and discussed. But there are all of these ways uh, throughout the script that you were kind of ratcheting up the tension page by page, scene by scene. Uh, I was wondering what's going to happen next, and I really didn't know, which was pretty exciting for me as I was reading it. Uh, so let's turn a little bit and talk about how you and your co-writer worked on the project, given that it is based in uh, her her life and, and, and current relationship with her brother. It, your co-writer's name is Sarah Sue? That's right, yeah. Right. So how did you... Uh, act with respect towards what is really a live uh, reality for Sarah Sue, that she has this relationship with a, a real person. They're not just characters for her. How, how did you act with respect in that regard? That's a really good question. So um, it was not easy. I have to say that first of all, because, um, you know, on some level, it's it's like it's quite a private thing too and you know we mm -hmm. weren't we weren't particularly close beforehand and now i was asking her questions about this you know this big part of her life uh you know she was obviously open to it because she wanted to tell the story but um you know there's certain certain moments that i knew maybe maybe this question i can save for another time you know mm -hmm. uh in terms mm -hmm. of kind of chipping it away and trying to figure out um right. who they are right um yeah we knew early on that on a certain level the threat of of violence was there i don't want to mm -hmm. mm -hmm. lead anybody down any direction but that that idea has to be strong and scary um mm -hmm. you know she had told me some stories that that i kind of felt were 
characteristic of 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 their relationship now on the flip side i didn't want to um summarize their story and put it on a page you know i wanted to create two characters um who were inspired by uh reality and truth Mm -hmm. but but I mean, they're they're two fake people, right? right. Like we know that the, you know, right. um, like in the story, uh, Willow, the sister, has uh, an infant, but uh, you know, Sarah in real life does not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, kind of tweaking certain elements for our liking that both um, raise the stakes and made sure that we weren't just copying, you know, a real life story because I think. Uh, you you actually lose a sense of art artistry when you just retell a story, you know? Right, absolutely. Uh, you're you're kind of chained to the actual circumstances on some mm-hmm. level. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's that it's why very few movies anymore, even if they are based on true events, they're they're based on true events or inspired by true events, but they're not the true events themselves. And even for a big you know, biopic that Clint Eastwood is doing or something, he's going to take uh, artistic license because you you have to do that. You have to make it your own Mm -hmm. and uh, you have to make those characters into characters that your actors can actually portray. So I'd be interested in talking a little bit about the actual production of the project itself. Uh, my understanding is that your background is primarily in in sort of the acting side of things. Is that correct? Yeah, both of us, yeah. Okay, yeah. So you and Sarah Sue uh, both kind of started out uh, as actors and you're working on this screenplay together, this short script. So talk to me a little bit about the actual production how many days was it did you did you act it in it yourself were you hiring your friends uh go ahead and kind of talk me through the process mm-hmm. so we were on a limited budget as sometimes these uh short short films are so we got <laughs> always um, some, yeah exactly some of our uh, our you know acquaintances and friends in the field to come help us out um we knew we wanted a director who could work with actors um, you know, there were some other people in talks early on, and we were unsure if, um, you know, we'd be able to talk acting, mm-hmm. which for both of us is obviously important. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they would have shot it beautifully. Everything would have gone well, you know, uh, technically, but uh, we really wanted to, to, to talk story with, with them. So mm-hmm. we had uh, Amanda join us pretty early on uh, when we started talking um you know, really shooting this thing, right? Because we had first discussed writing, really shooting. Amanda's in, and she kind of got the story right away. We knew, like, we we trusted that she had um, a similar vision to us when when we started talking about it. So we're really happy about that. She's also uh, comes from an acting background mm-hmm. and starting to move into directing. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I I think we had decided to plan some rehearsals before shooting so we had two or three days uh rehearsals which was kind of strange for me because i actually come more from theater and mm-hmm. in theater we kind of rehearse 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 mm-hmm. uh, the magic of, of opening night kind of uh gives something that you you haven't quite found in rehearsal right mm-hmm. we kind of rely on that mm-hmm. whereas for film 
you know, you don't often rehearse with the other actors. You know, you, right. you learn your lines, you read the script, you, you, you know the story, but um, you don't often go there beforehand, you right. know, before the shooting times. Mm-hmm. So our rehearsals were really good in the sense that we never tried to push anything in them. And it was really foundation. Like, what's the foundation of the relationship? Uh, you know, blocking, uh, you know, mm-hmm. trying to figure out the movements because it's a short script. It happens in, uh, I mean, the, the the script itself is only eight pages, but we could say it probably happens in 15, 20, 30 minutes, you know, in a very mm-hmm. short, condensed time. Mm-hmm. Um, so just making sure there was uh, a clear idea of the flow of the events of the story. Um, we were extremely extremely lucky to have someone like amanda the director who was so organized and had claire who was her first ad um just kicked butt with with planning and scheduling that us as producers you know sarah and i were still technically producers but we just on the day of hands off we didn't think of anything we didn't touch anything Hmm. it was really we were actors and it was so freeing to be able to do that um and and really trust them right because this is something we'd been working on for two years Mm -hmm. and here we are just kind of handing it off in some way Mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah, so I'm I'm interested, you know, it's a bit of an atypical move to do a couple of days of rehearsal uh, for a short film. It's, it's actually, I think, often pretty atypical to do rehearsal at all, even for mm-hmm. a, a feature in indie project or something along those lines. So what was the idea for you? What excited you about doing a rehearsal, a couple of days of rehearsal for this project? Oh, gosh. I mean, I think to me, I was just scared. I was like, am I going to be able to do this? Am I going to be able to get there for this character? Because mm-hmm. also another thing is that it's not my typical typecast, if you will. Right. Um, and I also wanted to do service to the story and to right. Sarah, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with her being, you know, intimately connected to her brother mm-hmm. and knowing really someone like this. I, I felt like I had to show up in mm-hmm. this way, um, <laughs> you know, and and prove that I, I'm a competent actor. But right. um, so <laughs> when we did our rehearsals, everyone was pretty relaxed about it. And and I'm, I'm kind of an anxious person. That made me more anxious because I was like, no, we have to, we have to get this now. Hmm. But then when it came to being on set, all of the groundwork had been done. Mm-hmm. And um, I really just trusted the moments and... Um, really just let myself go with with what we had worked on and and the ima- imagination that that i had built up and and we had collectively built up you know mm-hmm. um so yeah it was atypical um i don't know if i would do it again now that i've had this experience and i, right. I know i can trust that but um i think it was the right thing for this project yeah, that makes a lot of sense, uh, especially for something that, that you care a lot about. Rehearsals are, are important, and I think it is the divide between theater and film in practice is, I mean, they're very different mediums, uh, but it does always seem a little bizarre to me that directors step into the first day of production 
on a film and that's when they're going to figure out the characters with the actors. It just seems a little incredible that that's when you have all of the people around you, you know, you have your camera department, you have your gaffers, you have your producer, you have crafty, you have literally everybody and every hour that you're trying to figure out the character on set, you're burning, you know, a couple of hundred dollars if it's a small project, a couple of thousand dollars if it's a big project, and if it's a big enough project, you know, it's millions of dollars a day that yeah. you're kind of standing around trying to figure out what's happening. It's 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 honestly a little befuddling to me uh, why people don't, you know, take off the pressure and do rehearsal beforehand. Uh, so, yeah, why don't you talk a little bit about... Uh, where you're going with post on this project uh it sounds like this is definitely sort of an keep it in the family kind of project is this something that you or sarah sue are editing or do you have a friend who's uh working on it for you mm -hmm. so um i'm very glad that i don't have to get my hands in the editing process it's not my <laughs> skill set um yeah. So our director, Amanda, and our director of photography, Alexi, are handling the uh, editing um, up until picture lock. And then we are taking it to um, the our, our sound boom op guy, uh, Danny, who... Um, you know, I've known for forever, and he actually comes from a music background, so that's mm. going to be, we're, we're going to work on that together, making mm -hmm. sure that uh, everything's clear um, there, but he, he really has the technical skills that will we'll make sure this, the sound works on that level and dialogue. Um, and then we're, we have a composer on board. Um, oh, Christine great. Lee is, oh yeah, yeah, Christine Lee is a, an amazing composer, a great writer in her, in her own, um, in her own right. Um, and yeah, we just wanted to add those layers in post-production to really tie it all together, you know, just mm -hmm. um, we, we've put a lot of time and thought into this and we thought, you know, we, we have a little bit more time. We're not on any real deadline. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we're kind of trying to get this done early 2022, but mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, um, yeah, we thought with just adding those little elements there, getting people involved who care about the story. I mean, um, have to say that, that our production when we were shooting was mm -hmm. the best set experience I've ever been on, on, on every mm. level. Mm. Yeah, it was incredible. Everyone was firing at the same, you know, rate, uh, every individually, everyone was working mm -hmm. well collectively. Mm -hmm. It was just incredible. So, um, I'm hoping that'll happen for post, but then again, <laughs> I'm not so involved in that. Right. I'll be picking up the ball again when we get to kind of uh, festival distribution, if you will. Right. Absolutely. That makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. So it, it sounds like it's been an exciting project. You, you know, you're in the middle of your edit. You're looking forward to towards, uh, you know, the technical finishing of all of this uh, project. So I guess one of my questions for you is, it sounds like this was a little bit of an experiment uh, for you and Sarah Sue to do some writing together, to do some producing together, to do some acting together, all of these different elements. Uh, so what was your, your underlying motivation to work on this project? Was there any particular thing that you were trying to to work through or to figure out uh, for yourself in the creation of Firecracker? Mm, that's really good. Um, I think for me, 
one thing I, I'll say I struggled with or, or kind of was wrestling with the whole mm -hmm. time was this this idea of like perfection having mm. this thing be the thing right mm. because it's like the first big project right. we wanted to make a splash mm -hmm. um and you know day to day taking it the project for what it was at that point mm -hmm. and i guess trying to just like add a small detail here and there that that maybe uh grew it in some direction you know just trying to add on to it um mm -hmm. you know uh little by little mm -hmm. um and just trying to push this idea out of my head that it had to be the thing you know mm -hmm. obviously we wanted it to we right. were putting some money into it right. we put some time right. into it mm -hmm. um and and really just trusting the others around us to to help make that happen you know when you see other people get excited by the project mm -hmm. it's like okay it's not it doesn't have to be perfect anymore because right. not just i like it not just Sarah likes it, but Amanda <laughs> likes it and right. Alexi likes it and all these other people that are attached. Right. Genuinely, you can see they're passionate about it, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And that helped to alleviate it for me, that that um, obsession with, with it being 100% perfection, you know? Yeah, and it sounds like it was a little bit of sort of a personal growth project on some ways, which I think, mm -hmm. I think if we're trying to become well-rounded people in general, which everybody should do regardless of who you are, uh, that's probably what's going to happen, uh, particularly on something where kind of your hopes and dreams are put into it, your anxieties are put into it. It's uh, to speak more broadly, even just aside from the arts side of it, you know, we, we should be trying to learn to deal with our anxieties better. We should be trying mm -hmm. to, you know, learn to overcome our perfectionism. I know that for me, the projects that I'm most excited about and most concerned about in the past and in the future are probably the ones where I'm going to have the greatest chance to uh, work on, you know, becoming a, a less anxious and perfectionistic person. It sounds like we have that in common. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's that's really great. You know, it sounds like this has been a project where you know you've kind of been uh, growing, growing in in the various forms of uh, of art that go into creating a short film, and, and that's really exciting. So uh, to kind of turn it to your background a little bit, you are based out of the Montreal area. That's right. Yep. So talk to me a little bit about uh, kind of what it's like to uh, work as a creative in that town and uh, what your background in, in acting and in the dramatic arts is in general. Great. Yeah. Thanks, JD. That's a great question. Um, you know, I, I love my city. I think it's such a great city for art in general. Mm. And funny enough, a lot of that opportunity, I mean, obviously there's a rich history here with the, mm -hmm. um, the, the you know, the two languages that mm -hmm. exist in mm -hmm. in Quebec with the province of, uh, that, that Montreal is in mm -hmm. but you know rent is significantly cheaper than the other major cities in Canada <laughs> and 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 it like you're kind of like what does that really matter but it does when when you want to create art and you don't have to worry about your rent or worry mm -hmm. about you know your budget and mm -hmm. Um, for me, I've been pursuing um, art professionally for the past uh, three years now. Mm. Um, you know, the idea of being strong with your money is so important. Whether I mean, 
if you're very, very successful, then maybe not. But I think the majority of us, uh, you know, working artists are, are not very, very wealthy. Um, mm -hmm. You know, those Absolutely. of us who can work are, are privileged too, I think. Right. And, and I think the goal is really not to make money, but to make art. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that has been very helpful uh, and allowing me to, to pursue this, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, I, I kind of got lucky uh, right out of school. So I actually finished school in uh, teaching. I was going to be a teacher. I guess mm -hmm. I am a teacher. Technically, I have my, <laughs> my certification for it. Okay. But I was like, as soon as I graduated, I was like, I'm not ready for this. Mm -hmm. And I had done um, a conservatory acting program uh, mm -hmm. five years prior. Okay. And I had never really given it a fair shot. So I was kind of like returning to art, you okay. know? Yeah. And right out the gates, I took a, a class with a great group uh, here in Montreal. Um, really good experience and and landed a, a gig right out the gates. And that gave me a lot of confidence. And, you know, back to the money thing, gave me some money mm -hmm. to allow me to to pursue and continue. And, you know, the first year was pretty good. The next year, okay. But then COVID uh, right. happened right kind of mm -hmm. in that that middle section and it kind of just like makes you think are you going to keep going or can you mm -hmm. keep going mm -hmm. in this world and then I mean that was also layered into the project right like the the, the perseverance we had to have with mm -hmm. making sure this project happened yeah you know um yeah so I, I guess I'm I'm a bit of a stubborn person in that way that I just I couldn't see myself letting go especially after the early success um you know I mean I call it success but it's really my relative uh success I think by other people's standards I was seeing other people doing very well that I was maybe a little bit jealous of but um <laughs> I think after that first year I was like okay well I mean acting takes up part of my time but it's not taking up all of my time mm -hmm. what can I be doing else or differently or right. how can I just embrace this fully? And then that's kind of when I started writing uh, more and I found something on Reddit, uh, our screenwriting, shout out. Um, and they have these <laughs> amazing writing prompt challenges. <laughs> and in that kind of like 24 hour time frame, you're supposed to churn out a script based on a couple of prompts. Mm -hmm. And I gave myself a challenge of doing that for 30 days Ooh. and yeah, that's kind of how I really, st when I started calling myself a writer, in addition to being an actor, mm -hmm. um, you know, and a lot of that stuff kind of went untouched for, for a long time until mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well, now I got to produce something, right? Because a writer is only, um, uh, being a writer is only fun if you can kind of see it up on its feet, really, Absolutely. you know, like that's the, that's the goal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so over the over the past little while, just uh, trying to work on my craft, you know, taking classes really important for me, um, working with new people really important for me, and um, yeah, just I guess what what's the next thing I could do to kind of tack on this, um, I guess identity that I've built as a creative in the mm -hmm. city, you know, like starting out as an actor. Okay. Now I'm not just an actor. I'm an mm -hmm. actor writer. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm not just an actor writer. I'm an actor producer. Right. And then, uh, going, going from there. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like, yeah, you're, you're gaining a bag of skills. You know, you are not just an actor. You're an actor with writing background and experience. And now you're an actor 
with writing background and experience who's produced a little bit. And I know that in my experience, getting better at any one of these things is going to have sort of a halo effect on everything else. You'll be a little bit better as a writer if you understand producing. You'll be a little bit better as an actor if you understand the writing uh, aspect of it. I mean, they, they kind of build together and build off of one another. So, uh, but to go back to your, your acting experience and, and to maybe kind of put you in the seat as an expert, as it were, for a moment, uh, what would be your one or two pieces of advice for somebody who is directing their short film and is ready to get their experiment on, underway and get it on its feet, like you were saying, but they haven't necessarily been an actor before? Mm. What would be just, you know, a, a bit of advice or, or a few tips that will help somebody who hasn't really worked with actors much to uh, be able to make that a, a more seamless process? I love that question, JD. Um, I think it's so important, like you were saying, we build this bag of skills, we become better as a whole. Mm -hmm. So so anyone who wants to work with actors, my advice is go try acting, pick mm. up a monologue, go watch a scene from a movie, go look at the script and just try and do it with a, some friends over a glass of wine or not, I don't know, um, whatever yeah. your fancy is, but yeah. just like try it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, after that, uh, you know, communication super important. You know, uh, mm -hmm. as actors, we all come from different uh, types of training. Hmm. Um, so I think you have to communicate, like, how do you like to, you know, be talked to when you're in the moment as mm -hmm. an actor, right? Because mm -hmm. I think talking about the story, I mean, if, if you're afforded the chance to talk about the story before with the actor, mm -hmm. it's a different thing. You, you know, you talk about it whatever way. But mm -hmm. in the moment, you know, it's it's quite a precious an actor's focus is, is quite precious in the mm -hmm. moment, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't want to waste that, in my opinion, on things that are maybe not directly important to that shot you're trying to get, hmm. you know? Okay. So so trying to build the reality with the actor in that moment, but I think you do need to just kind of confer with them and figure out like, hey, do you want me to like yell at you? I mean, that's that's a little bit intense, but you know, like, <laughs> do you want me to just prompt you with questions? Do you right. want me to physically tell you like, move your eyes like this? Like mm -hmm. for some, some people that works and for some people it doesn't. And mm -hmm. I think the thing is you just want to give your actor the space to, to do the best they can, right. you know? Right. You want to give them a lot of a lot of chances to succeed. I mean, it's obviously a collective endeavor. The success of the actor is going to lead to the success of everyone else in the project, for sure. Oh, yes, yes. And actors, <laughs> we're so sensitive. We're so, we're like little children. And, you know, um, I think that's also important to keep in mind that, that you, you need to be sensitive, like artistically sensitive, right? Right. Uh, in that moment. Um, yeah. Obviously, if you have a relationship with someone, you know how they work, then maybe you can work around that. But just keeping mm -hmm. in mind that like um, you put yourself in a vulnerable place being an actor. Right. Right. So I think that that is to be respected. I think most people get that. Right. But I think if, if you have the chance to try it, you really see it. You really feel right. that you, you don't like when someone's, you know, um, talking while you're trying to figure something out, even mm -hmm. if you're not saying a word, you know, if your mm -hmm. eyes are just closed or someone mm -hmm. comes up to you at the wrong time, that right. can kind of break focus. And yeah, yeah. Right. Absolutely. That makes sense. Yeah. 
Well, this has been a really exciting conversation uh, about Firecracker and kind of ranging all over the place. Uh, so where can folks find you and hear about what you're working on next? Ooh, that's a great question. So you can find me at Calder Levine on Instagram or uh, Facebook. I'm, I don't have too much of a, a body of, um, you know, promotional material. That mm -hmm. would be the first place to look. Uh, we haven't yet figured out where we're going to be distributing this uh, festival-wise, so that might be something to check in for early 2022. Excellent. And yeah, you could reach uh, Sarah Sue Valley at her uh, Instagram page. I'm going to just find that really fast. Yeah, Sarah Sue Valley, you can find all of her work. She is a phenomenal actress, uh, does some modeling and stuff too. Um, find, find both of our work there uh, on Instagram. Excellent, great. Well, thank you very much. This has been a great discussion. Uh, thanks again, Calder, and thank you all for listening to Cheat the Camera. Please comment and rate Cheat the Camera on iTunes. It's the best way to help spread the word. You can get in touch with me by contacting me at contact at cheatthecamera.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks. <laughs>